welcome to Masters of Divinity. I am your moderator, JP. Um, just kind of going through the salsa packets I was handing out to trick-or-treaters last night. Uh, <laughs> that, that's what you were doing instead of candy? It was No, I wasn't doing it. They don't come oh, no. out here. It's a little too far out. <laughs> um, and I'm here with Father Chuck. Hey, what's up? Hey, buddy. Uh, we got in rocking my rocking my rocking my uh, beloved uh, new Epcot T-shirt. The uh, the I, 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 we haven't really talked about. It. I was at Epcot a couple weeks back, and um, they're in the process of going through the, uh, the the beginnings of their renovation, which I was very nervous about because I love Epcot so much, um, and I love the the aesthetics and the graphic design of it, and I was worried that the update would. Um, be really ugly because I've never really forgiven Walt Disney World for what they did to Tomorrowland, right? Because um, they 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 took this sort of ray gun gothic thing and then they turned it into a really really ugly kind of '90s industrial looking future thing that I'm not even really sure what you call it. Yeah, I think I, I've I've heard of this controversy. A lot of people, a lot of Disney fans online, talk about this. Uh, there is a. There was like a big kind of retrofitting of Tomorrowland that happened around the '90s, and I think part of it was the um, the Alien Encounter ride. There was sort of a storyline in there. They were trying yes. to expand it to the other parts of the park, where it was like this sort of homogenous, uh, homogenous uh, 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 shared universe, if you will, in Tomorrowland with this company called a- a- XEO or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, and it was it was originally supposed to because Tomorrowland was, of course, you know, the future is about tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I guess once they built Future World at um, at Epcot, they realized that there was it was kind of a redundancy to have Tomorrowland and Future World. Yeah. So they because for a while Tomorrowland kind of had a look like like early Epcot. Anyway, I was just worried that they were going to do something to Epcot, but I guess they're 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 renovating it at right at, at just the right sweet spot where there's a bit of 80s nostalgia still. So like it'll it, it everything they're doing maintains. A bit of the old, like it's sort of like a, a revival of the Epcot aesthetic. So it's it's not yeah, that's they're not cool. changing it. They're just reviving that's, what is what works. That's interesting because that's such a thing that people really love about Epcot, and to see Disney actually kind of respond to that feels like that 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 doesn't it doesn't feels like they don't normally do stuff like that. Like you know, take that into consideration. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, I mean, I'm kind of wondering who's spearheading that. Is it the guy with the big earring? You know what I'm talking yeah. about? Yeah, I know who you're talking about. I can't remember his name, but yeah. Um, <laughs> he's like a legend. He's like an Imagineering legend, but he, he's known for having that giant earring on his on his ear. Yeah, maybe it's Kevin Feige. <laughs> no, it's not. They're just letting him do everything. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we, really, we talk about Disney an awful lot on this podcast. We really do. They're going to think we're like trying to get Disney sponsorship or something. Or like, <laughs> I wouldn't. I really actually wouldn't want that. Because then. The, the, you know, they would. Yeah. But no, I, I um, but I do think that Disney has hit this interesting place in their life in the past like decade where they actually, you know, for a while they seem to just sort of like tolerate like the Disney fans. Mm-hmm. Right. Like they had this idea, this corporate culture of like, this is just what we are. And we're just kind of kind of do what we do because we're Disney and you'll just accept it. Because Thanks, Michael we're Disney. Yeah. Because Michael Eisner yeah. was like, that was like this whole thing. Yeah. And now, you know, because they, you know, they would try to hide. You know, they would try to hide the wires, you know, they would try to, you know, but now like they've realized so many people have caught on to the system and what goes on underneath the park and what goes on behind the scenes and that people actually kind of admire all of it, like the whole organism and even the mundane parts of it, like the 
like the groundskeepers and all of that. But now Disney is not trying to hide that stuff. They're actually kind of embracing it. They're sort of realizing that there are elements of the park that different people are going to want to pay attention to. And so they're finding ways for people to sort of enjoy it in all those different places. And so that's allowed them to kind of, I think, really listen to their fans a little bit more and realize that, you know, if they can do things that make, you know, people happy, they will come and spend a bunch of money at their parks. Yeah. And, um, yeah. And, you know, as much as I, I love Universal, I wish they kind of had their sort of like dedication. Um, yeah, because everything that made Universal Universal when we were kids is all gone. It's all gone and everything is being replaced by screens. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, as, as immersive and as really cool as the Harry Potter stuff is, like the coolest part of, parts about Harry Potter isn't even the rides. It's just like going to the shops and the restaurants and like seeing people dressed up and like just seeing the immersive quality of it. Which um, is honestly like Galaxy's Edge. Oh, really? Well, that's a yeah. I mean, because, you know, the, the Millennium Falcon ride is, is a screen. You're you're in front of a screen. It's like a big video right. game. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Standing in line for the Millennium Falcon ride is actually way cooler than the ride itself. Because <laughs> well, you're I heard, on I heard the Millennium Falcon. That, 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 uh, that ride that's coming out soon sounds really sweet, though. Like, oh yeah, the rise of the resistance. But that, that that's definitely gonna have some screens. But also, like I hear, there's like, you go into like giant hangars filled with stormtroopers, and like, that's what I've heard. Like, it's gonna yeah. be mix of both. I'm yeah, I'm curious about that. I mean, you know, it, it's funny to me though that, you know, here comes Galaxy's Edge. Mm-hmm. Here comes the opportunity to fly the Millennium Falcon. It was a forty minute wait. I got to ride that ride twice. I stood in line for 40 minutes twice to ride that, that ride. That seems like a really short wait for such an anticipated ride <laughs> in a Disney World. <laughs> Pandora has been open almost three years. Yeah. And Flight of Passage still commands lines of like 200 minutes long. Wow. Jeez. It's just kind of amazing to me that an Avatar-themed world is doing has... Star Wars. Yeah. That's funny. Um, I wish... And yeah, yeah, that's that's amazing. Um, but just to kind of go back to what I was saying about Universal, you know, they've got they're opening this new park, um, called Universal's Epic Universe, I think. Right. And they haven't really revealed like what at all is going to be there. There's just a title and there's sort of a layout, and it looks cool. Well, but they have I, Nintendo. The Nintendo World is going to be there. Yeah, Super I mean, Nintendo Land. Not, will be nothing's been like confirmed or announced on like what's, but okay. but, but it, that's that's definitely going to be there because they've been talking about that for years. Um. And there's speculation that there might be a Universal Monster area. Ooh, nice. Um, but I wish I, <laughs> I wish they would just like surprise all the fans of Universal and have like an entire land dedicated to all the old rides. <laughs> like they open up an area and it's just Jaws, Confrontation, Back to the Future, Earthquake. I I would. I would pro. I, I would. I would probably. Cr- I'd probably commit some kind of like low level crime. Just to go on confrontation again. I would too, man. I was thinking about that ride this week because I remember this one year I went to Universal Studios, and um, they it was back when they had Universal at actually or had Halloween they had Halloween Horror Nights at Universal. I guess they do it still now, um, but they got the brilliant idea to just open up the confrontation ride, and you could walk through the streets of New York. Oh, but yeah, they opened up confrontation to walk as a walk through maze that year for Halloween Horror Nights based on Nightmare that's, Creatures. That's awesome. Yeah, it was so cool. Um, 
God, I love conversation. <laughs> it's the it's I will say, and we'll move on after this. Yeah, but I, it's the best cue that I've ever been in. Yeah, it is. It's scary. Like really it actually, feel, it yeah. has that feeling that you're evacuating from something. Yeah. And you see into the houses and start into the uh, apartments next to you and stuff. They're all empty and like, like yeah, the TVs are just kind of going and like. Yeah. And I love the uh, I love the uh, um, I love that like in the line, you know, there's like the the news broadcast, you know, the emergency news broadcast, and there's like commercials for TV shows and everything. But then there's like the yeah, you know, it's just that 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 atmosphere that's unparalleled. Like I, Disney yeah. never did anything, has never done anything to like that level of like right. immersion, anxiety, feeling of. It's true. Like, yeah. Tower of Terror is pretty. It's kind of spooky when, if you're a kid. Yeah, I've never or, been. Or the Haunted Mansion, I guess. I love the, the Haunted Mansion. It's my favorite. It's probably my favorite Disney ride. Yeah. Um, I, I, I love it. Cool. All right. So we should probably move on after that. Uh, you, you know, I yeah. think, Chuck, I think you and I could start a, a Disney podcast and we would always have something to talk about. <laughs> like, wait, I don't think we, we would ever run out of things to say. Probably like double our listens too. Probably. <laughs> um, okay, so we're moving on to uh, today's topic, uh, which is interesting. And you know, I'm going to let Chuck tell you what we're talking about because I, I think I'm a bit more fascinated with his fascination with this out uh, with with what we're talking about. All right, so, so it's an out of it's an out of season music mayhem episode. <laughs> Oh gosh, I hope um, not because I didn't do any kind of music mayhem level of research. Um, oh, I did. Okay. Um, <laughs> so we are talking about Jesus is King. Um, you have to say it like that. It's all caps. Okay. Um, which is Kanye West's new album, and um, it is, of course, very popular, um, and everyone seems to be listening to it. Yeah, I went to uh, the coffee shop here in Boca Raton the other day, Maine Coffee. Maine Coffee, if you're in Boca, check them out. Um, they don't sponsor the podcast, but you should go. Um, they they were playing the album when I walked in. Um, and I, 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 there's a line, and I'll get to it in a moment, um, but there's a line on the second track, um, Follow God. Or no, sorry. Follow God, the third track. There's a line in that song that I, I quoted in my chapel talk on Wednesday and when I brought up a slide showing the album the high school kids applauded <laughs> and then Oof. I mean they were so they seemed really excited that I was that I even mentioned it and then when I quoted the line I had a whole range of of, of seniors up front yelling preach that's oh my gosh um just oh, to give man. you the sense of the cultural moment we're dealing with here with with this album um so the uh the background is if you I, so I'm going to say right now I I I the only Kanye West thing I've ever listened to prior to this album was his single Jesus Walks. Oh really? Uh, from from yeah from the early 2000s, um, off of his College Dropout, his debut album. Um, Kanye West is a celebrated lyricist. He is um, considered um, uh, you know he's a, he 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 elevated hip hop. Um, a lot of when you're listening to hip hop these days, a lot of the conventions of hip hop originated with him. Um, the use of auto tune as an instrumentation rather than as a pitch correction is something that he was pioneering in in terms of the hip hop realm. Um, mm-hmm. Even though even even though Cher was the first one to really use it on uh, believe, but we won't go there. Um, but um, but yeah, so like I said, and you know, big beats like I mean, like big like digital beats and 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 um, as people say, like chipmunked um, 
chipmunk um, like soul tracks, you know, mm-hmm. so like taking like an old like 70s soul track and then like pitching it out to it sounds like the album of the chipmunks. Like that's a thing that you hear a lot in hip hop. He pioneered that. Um, he is he is um, by and by and large considered a musical genius. There's a great um, episode of South Park that makes fun of that. Um, but he is um, also a controversial figure. Um, he is, he suffers from um, bipolar disorder um and um has gone back and forth on whether or not he feels he should take medication for that and you can kind of i guess see that depending on what album he releases like what state of mind he's in when he releases it um he is of course married to uh kim kardashian um and so um they are a very high profile uh couple um but kanye has flirted with religion throughout his career and apparently um over the summer had while being treated for his bipolar disorder started reading a bi- started reading the bible and he has said that he finally decided to sort of give in to this flirtation with christianity um, that he's had throughout his life and just decided to take the plunge and so he describes himself now as a born again christian um and this album is the is the outgrowth of that interesting about it is that he was in the process of producing another album called yandi um and he either reworked tracks from that album into this or scrapped things entirely uh, to produce uh, Jesus is King. Um, it was delayed a lot, which I understand if you're a Kanye West fan, it's something you're familiar with is him delaying um, album releases. And um, he just sort of unexpectedly dropped it on midnight a couple weeks ago, like last week on Friday mid- midnight or something like that. And, um, and it has, of course, been huge. Um, and it is a brisk 27 minutes. It is not long. Yeah, I was really surprised at how fast I got through the album. Yeah. Um, um, and, and apparently this is a, a new trend for him. That uh, 2018 is sort of punctuated by like a bunch of records that he helped produce that are about 20 minutes long each. And uh, apparently they're all brilliant. Yeah, I mean, I've listened to punk records that are longer than this thing. <laughs> yeah, I know. This is it's like a Ramones album, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, um, maybe not that short. I think a Ramones album is like fifteen minutes. <laughs> yeah, but it's um, it's it 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 but it's also been kind of a fascinating thing to follow. And I I downloaded it um mostly because I I felt like oh here's this huge artist releasing an album titled Jesus is King and being somebody who's a, who worked with teenagers. I, I just sort of knew that this was going to be major. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really would just sort of wanted to be aware of what's being said because, you know, what, what, what Kanye is saying, because inevitably someone's going to hear that. And there are a lot of people that this is going to be their introduction to Christianity or this is going to be, you know, what puts ideas. And so, like, if I'm teaching a Bible class or something, like, I could hear things, you know, I, could, I can anticipate things from this coming coming up. Um, what What is... So we'll we'll get into it a little bit more in depth. Um, but what's been interesting is just the wider popular conversation that's come with the release of it. Of you know, on one hand, people saying, "Is he really a Christian, or is he just doing this in order to make money? Is this a fad? Is this you know?" There's a lot of criticism about it, saying he's not a good person, and so like they don't trust his Christianity. Then there's others who are just saying that he might really be a Christian. That's fine, but um, the album's not that good. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I think I fit with that larger music critic consensus that it has its moments of brilliance. And there are a couple of tracks that are really, really good. But 
the sum is not greater than its parts and that when taken all together, it feels largely unfinished and somewhat rushed. Yes. But that being said, I also think that's kind of the point Mm -hmm. because I think I'd mentioned to you and Matt in our conversations about this earlier in the week that I feel almost like it's almost like glossolalia. It, 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 it feels like it was something that he felt that he, he had to put something out now that he's got this newfound faith. Like he had to do something. He had to make, a, you know, a, put a recording out. What's glossolalia, um, by the way? I don't know what that means. Speaking in tongues. Oh, okay. All right. What kind of, what kind of, what kind of Pentecostal word do you make? <laughs> Not a very good one, apparently. Um, you know, but, that, like, but like that spontaneous kind of utterance. And so, you know, which is really more rooted in the emotions rather than any form of the intellect. And that's definitely what this feels like. And, you know, and it, it, I've joked with you and, uh, and I'll say it now that it does, it definitely feels like a Christian album because it's just a bunch of Bible verses and platitudes. Yeah. Well, and you know, that's sort of something I'm interested in sort of exploring about this album. I, I'll have to admit, you know, I listened to the album. I didn't do a huge deep dive, but I listened as closely as I could. Um, and I will say, you know, these sort of accusations that it's just a fad, that he's just doing it for money. Um, I think if you actually listen to the album, that's not necessarily true. Because it, to me, well, listening to this album, I didn't hear someone like, this is it. This is the new Sheen. This is the new costume. This is the new outfit. Uh, this is the new Kanye. It was more like, hey, I found this thing and I'm just kind of exploring it. Like, I'm, and this, right. th- these are my thoughts about it. Like, it's not... I don't think it doesn't sound like any Christian album I've ever heard of, which is like, you know, the South Park joke. It's like you you just take relationship songs and replace the girl's name with Jesus. Right. Right. So it's it's not like that, like a like a praise album. It's not like, a, you know, Jesus is great. Jesus is my friend album. It's a, um, you know, I'm exploring this and this is how I feel about it. Yeah. I mean, it's it would be nice if it would be a little bit more in depth in terms of its lyricism. I mean, yeah. I've listened to the album all the way through probably about 12 times now. And oh. <laughs> and like the more I listen to it, the more I like it. Which uh, is the song that says, uh, I thought I thought Job was a job or something like. Oh, gosh. Yeah, <laughs> I will say the so when that, I, that's when kind I'm, of when sums I'm, up what I'm trying to say is what I think the album is like, you know, like. Yeah, it's yeah. I'm telling the devil that I'm going on strike, which is an interesting question because or an interesting statement because striking means that like you could go back because yeah. you're you're not you're not quitting right yeah you're striking you're yeah it's it's that's it's very interesting <laughs> um but yeah and that's the thing is like I, there's it, it it sounds yeah I I, I I told you early on that it, it feels a little bit like the, it's more the like musical an examin- that examination maybe I also think it has a bit of it's a little over exuberant in the sense of like and like I said it's like that meme of like listens once or tries once you know that you know you listen to this thing one time and suddenly like it becomes your identity right Right, like it feels almost like Kanye went to church once and now suddenly it's like oh here I am you know and like that's great right that's like the kind of spontaneous conversion experiences that a lot of a lot of us Christians like hope for for people but I kind of listen, listening to a lot of the record. I'm like, I, I kind of wish he would let it stew a little bit more before he started writing an album about it. Because not that there's any damage or anything being done. It just it just sounds like a lot of it is half baked, and that if he had just yeah. given it some more time and really and really sat with it a little bit longer, I think the statement could have been so much stronger of what he's trying to do with it. And like 
the songs "Hands On" and "Use This Gospel" are, without a doubt, the strong the strongest tracks on the album. Mm-hmm. And if more of the album sounded like that, then I think that we that, that there would be there would be more. Which, which there, track? Um, "Hands On" and "Use This Gospel." Okay. Yeah. They're the they're the they're like the the the, the two of the last three tracks. Because the final track is "Jesus is Lord." Jesus is Lord, right? That's what it's called, and it's just like it's very simple, short thing. It's like a coda. Like a punctuation, um, like an exclamation. Yeah. yeah. Um, but like, yeah, but, but I agree with you, JP, that it is definitely, it has that feeling of exploration. Like he's very new at it. Mm-hmm. But he, and he's really excited about it. And he wants other people to be excited about it, but it's almost like he can't convey fully what it is that he's excited about, which gives it a, a bit of a connection with that, with that kind of, again, sort of charismatic gospel music kind of approach to where, you know, there's, there's definitely a bit more of an emotion to it than rationality. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. Um, um, it'll just be interesting to see where he goes with his career after this. Cause I, I, I would think, you know, me interjecting on it that, you know, I would think that in like five, six years, if he stays on this religious track and matures in his faith, he's going to look back at this and be like, ooh. <laughs> like, yeah, that's the question I actually kind of want to ask you a little bit later um, about sort of the future of Kanye West after this album. Yeah. Um, but uh, I do kind of want to talk a little bit more about sort of the quality of the album because, you know, I'm I'm not like a huge Kanye fan. I've listened to a good number of his songs and I and I, I like them. I really love Power. I like I still that <laughs> whenever I hear Kanye West, like the song Power just always just just <laughs> injects itself into my brain and I can't get it out for days. Um I think he's good. I I, I <laughs> that's JP's opinion of Kanye West. I think he's good. Um <laughs> So I'm not like an expert is the thing and I don't want to like approach this from like a place of ignorance or anything, but like I know that compared to what I've heard, this feels very average. You know, uh, as an album, uh, as as far as the sounds go, and I think a lot of it has to do with what you were saying—that sort of rush quality. Um, it feels like he's still. It feels like an album that's made up mostly of songs of like he's trying to see what sticks. Yeah, you know, almost like it might sound kind of paranoid, but it's almost like he's trying. He's trying to see what he can carve out of an audience, you know, trying to see like what works with like for other people. Like, are they going to are they going to latch on to the Chick-fil-A song or are they going to latch on to Sela? Um, I don't know. I, I th- there's there's a there's a conceptual element to it that I'm seeing where it's like you can kind of see like we were talking about Disney. You can kind of see the wires, you know, you can kind of yeah. see the seams a little bit. Um but I think overall, just from my, my own personal taste, I just kind of found it to be pretty, pretty average. Yeah, like I said, I don't have it. I don't have much to compare it to. I mean, in, I'm I'm sort of arriving at listening to hip hop really seriously, kind of late in the game because it wasn't a musical genre I was really all that into growing up. Right? I mean, like the most rap I listened to, you know, as a teenager was like DC Talk. <laughs> Who and, like, tragically uh, that tragic news this week. Toby Ooh, Max, what? Toby Max's son passed away. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, they haven't released uh, cause of death yet, but I think, I think okay. it was just like a few days ago. This is older. Ooh. This is older son, like in his twenties, I think. He was uh, had his own rap career. Wow, but yeah, I um, that's sad. Yeah. Um, 
but like I listened to them, like BC Boys, of course, you know, um, and then um, and then of course you know rap elements that are in things like Rage Against the Machine, POD, stuff right. like and 311, stuff like that. But real rap, I yeah, um, yeah. huh? Real rap, yeah, yeah. Real rap, yeah. <laughs> Papa Roach, <laughs> but, totally, yeah. I see. Oh gosh, <laughs> but no, then I um, you know, but I uh, I um, I've since decided in in in, in the past like about the past decade i've really tried to explore you know expand my musical horizons and so i've been listening to like um tribe called quest um jay-z um and now this um you know and a couple other things but also um you know of course this kanye album and um so like i said i don't have a whole lot to compare it to and i'm reading reviews and and thoughts on it and people are saying how this track sounds like it belonged on this album or this album or whatever and and so like you know, and, and of course, these are people who are also following everything he says in his in his interviews, and they're sort of, you know, kind of getting into that death of the author conversation. They're allowing all of that stuff to kind of feed into the record itself rather than letting it stand on its own. Right. And so I kind of, I, you know, I'm kind of grateful for the fact that I've been listening to it without all of that baggage because, you know, I'm, I'm just kind of coming at it as its own product. Mm-hmm. And I still feel like a lot of it's incomplete. Um, I feel like both Follow God, which is a song I also like off the album, but I feel like Follow God and and, and um, Close on Sunday, also also known as the Chick Fil A song. <laughs> um, that both of those tracks they're back to back, and they both end with him yelling at the end just yeah. to stop the song, and it and it feels like you, you couldn't come up with an ending, probably. And <laughs> and so like Follow God kind of makes sense because it, it, it's conveying his frustration because he's repeating himself over and over, and it just ends on a on a note of frustration, and I get that. But close on Sunday with him just yelling Chick Fil A at the end was like clearly like he ran out of things to say. And can we just say that is? Do we want to talk about the Chick Fil A song? We, it is both the most. It is easily the most memorable song on the album. Yeah, and the worst. Yeah, it's it's just it's silly. Like it it, it feels purposely silly, but at the same time at, this, at the same time like I was saying I feel like. It's him just trying to see who's going to stick to this song. And is this going to be my career? <laughs> you know, like singing about Chick-fil-A and like going to Holy Land experience. Is that going to be what Christianity is going to be for me? You know, right, um, which which that, that's there's an interesting bit right throughout the album. There's and other people have pointed us out is that there is a capitalistic element mm-hmm. throughout all of all throughout a lot of the record. And this very sort of capitalistic, you know, sort of big box megachurch Christianity uh, prosperity gospel kind of stuff has woven itself into it a bit. And, you know, Chick-fil-A is a perfect encapsulation of, you know, the, the sort of Christian bubble subculture that you and I grew up with. Yeah. You know, you could go to your Christian bookstore to buy all your stuff and you can go eat lunch at your Christian fast food restaurant and go get coffee at your Christian coffee house. The alternative and- evangelical lifestyle. Right, right. You know, you go to your your Christian um, arts and craft store to decorate your house. Um, you watch your and, Christian movies and you listen to your Christian songs and you wear your right. Christian clothes on your Christian skateboard. Yeah, yeah, like all yeah. So like all so there is so Chick Fil A is sort of the la- like really kind of the last holdout of that because like all the other stuff is going away. Yeah. Um, and um, and so and I've noticed on like Instagram a lot of memes about Chick-fil-A in the Christian world. And so it almost makes me wonder, did, did Kanye, like, is this a perfect example of somebody of the social media age that like in trying to understand what it means to be Christian, he turned to Instagram <laughs> and saw all these memes about Chick-fil-A. And so like, that's become part of the language of the, like there's, there's cause, and, cause there's almost like a pandering element to that. Like 
yeah. using Chick-fil-A in a rap song that's ostensibly about his wife. Hmm. Which adds an interesting because it, I get the sense that you know Kim is not on the same trajectory as him. Probably not. And so the idea of is he saying that it closed on Sunday? You're my Chick Fil A. Like you're closed off to like Sunday to like the church thing. Yeah, because I mean it's the whole saying about Chick Fil A. It's it's closed on the one day you want it the most, which is on Sunday. You know, right. and she's saying you're you're my you're my number one number one with lemonade. Yeah, which uh, which I can't help but hear a Beyonce reference in that. <laughs> That's true too. You know, because you know, because Kanye sees himself. You know, he's he sort of he sort of chased Jay Z a little bit, right? He wants yeah. he wants the the status that Jay Z has. I mean, what is and... he known? What is Kanye West mostly known for? Beyonce had the greatest album of all time. Right. Yeah. Right. And so. Um, um, yeah, that song, it's, I mean, there's elements of it that are very interesting when you listen, but it's, uh, it's so corny. I know. Yeah. It's, it's just silly. Like, and it's like, it kind of feels like maybe he thinks he's being sort of punk rock. You know, it kind of reminds me of punk where it's like these sung about like drinking sun kiss to go to Taco Bell or whatever. You know what I mean? Right. But it's, it's, I, but it's, it's just, it, it doesn't, like, it doesn't mesh with the rest of the, the concept of the album, you know, like. If like the if like the Christian rap group LA Symphony, if they did if they did a, a song about Chick-fil-A or like Lecrae, who's like a famous Christian rapper, if he were to do a song about Chick-fil-A or even Chance the Rapper, who sometimes has he keeps his foot kind of in the Christian world. Yeah. Um if he did a song about Chick-fil-A, like we would all be like, okay, like that fits. That makes sense, right? Like that's part of, you know, there's there's a there's a witticism and a and a bit of humor to some of these yeah, I folks. Think even childish Gambino, like if he he would probably yeah, yeah. His lyrics are very pop culture and yeah. yeah. Um, but to have Kanye West, who's not, I just don't think he's known. Like Kanye, kind of famously, is sort of been criticized for not being self aware. Yeah, and having like a sense of humor about himself that you know he takes everything he does very seriously. Right. Um, and so it just it, it does have like a weird, seems out of character and just kind of try hard mm-hmm. um right. but like i said it, it's it's easily the most memorable track from the album <laughs> which is i don't know that could be like such a i don't know i i i, I can't gauge music audiences because i i'm not i'm so not on the up and up at, at all and it's like part of me says like dude that's just gonna like that's gonna so alienate your audience but oof. but probably not <laughs> that might make yeah. it more popular well and um, and like there's so many and so many evangelicals right now are just so excited about this record mm-hmm. you know because there's this weird thing within evangelical christianity right where there's this this chasing of the pop culture acceptance mm-hmm. while also like if you're if you're a christian band and you get pop culture acceptance there's this attitude that like you sold out right Unless you're Switchfoot. For some reason, Switchfoot got a pass. But there's this whole desire, though, of like, on one hand, you want somebody in the mainstream culture to have this big conversion experience because that somehow legitimates your faith, right? The same way that like comic book fans want their comics on, on the big screen. It somehow oh, legitimates yeah. what they're doing, you know, the thing they're into. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there's this weird, but then there's this weird bit where like the evangelical Christians also kind of distrust that conversion experience. Yeah. 
Um, and that's that, and that's another piece of what's going on with this. And that, that and that's really the thing that I'm kind of also like the more interested in is like Kanye's Christianity. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I mean, this, I mean, it's, it's the whole thing. Like that's something I always kind of criticize is they are evangelicals sort of re- repelled by Hollywood, and yet they want they want to be Hollywood. Right. It's you know? it's it's so much like they want Hollywood power and influence. Yeah, it's like that. It's like it's like being in high school and having you know you you have like this intense crush on a girl doesn't re- reciprocate, and so like you kind of hate them, but you want them to love you. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> like really insecure nerdy guys know that experience. Yeah. Not that uh, we were ever no those no, kinds of geez. guys. You know, you we were it's a breeze. Women yeah. flocked to me. I had to tell them like, look, no. I'm I gotta study. I'm trying to get into know, Palm Beach right? Atlantic University. Listen, guys, I gotta, I, you know, I'm trying to, I'm trying to maintain that GPA. I can't be, I can't be. And also, by the way, six inches, please. Yes, keep six, <laughs> yes, six inches space. That's right. Respect my boundaries. Um, you know, enough room. Get leave room for the Holy Spirit. Exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, and and then of course, right? There's this whole other, and the part that frustrates me and it makes me sad for Kanye is all of the opportunists who are seizing on this moment. Yeah. Like let's let's let's, let's assume, all right? Let's 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 make a, an assumption that I think is a correct assumption. He had a dramatic conversion experience, right? Okay. This of course has coincided with some of his weird thoughts on politics and other things that we don't necessarily need to get into. Hey, we're um, quick question real quick before you get into it. Yeah. Uh, unless you're going to talk about it. Who 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 did the conversion? Do we know? Like what church he, did he go to? Who? Which he, pastor? The story that he's told is that he, he, while he was in the hospital being treated for being treated for something with his bipolar disorder, I think that's what it was. He was in some kind of treatment facility. While there, he like there was like Gideon Bible or whatever, and he read it. And as he was reading it, he was reading through it. He was like writing verses, trying to like writing them down to keep them in like just to keep them like for use in like future songs. And like creating rhymes and stuff based off of Bible verses. And in through the process of doing that, he said it just kind of clicked with him. And he decided to turn his life over to the Lord. And then he got in touch with um, this pastor named Adam. I can't remember. And, and I can't remember the name of his church either. Um, you know, I didn't do the research. But it, but it's a it's a kind of. Is it a evangelical Kind of church. It's a kind of, kind of, yeah, ye, evangelical church, yeah, um, but not, but, but not really. It's not, actually, I take it back. No, it's not. It's, it's a, it's a, it's an evangelical church, but it's, it's, um, it's, it's, a, it's, it's more of a Pentecostal type church. It's not one of these like Brooklyn. It's not like a high priest, Justin no, Bieber. No, it's not one of those. Which surprised me. I would have fully expected that to be the case, but no, it's. Um, Fairly conventional kind of church, but I think the guy, I think the pastor, I have to get, I have to look up his name, but the, um, the pastor is kind of a bit of a health and wealth type dude. Okay. Um, and um, he sort of shepherded him through the process. Also, uh, apparently also contributed some lyrics to the album. Oh, of course. To help Kanye, you know, be a little more accurate in his mm. theology or whatever. Interesting. But... There's also been stories that Joel Osteen has been circling Kanye. Yeah, I've heard of that. Since the conversion. And of course, we've seen the Trump family because um, because Kanye has kind of famously worn a MAGA hat and yeah. supported Trump, which has been very confusing for a lot of people. Um, but um, um, so you see all these opportunists, the people who clearly don't get what's going on with him, but they want to suddenly you know, be associated with it because it'll help their bottom line. And their 
what they think it will. Um, and that's the thing like that kind of just like what makes me concerned about Kanye is I hope that, you know, Jesus tells a story about the parable of the sower, right? So is this seed and it falls in different places. You know, sometimes it falls on the roadside. Sometimes it falls on the stony ground, right? And the stony ground is the one where, you know, that is the person who receives the word, but receives it with such enthusiasm. But then suddenly when things kind of go south, they abandon it. And I, you know, I worry that like we're see that we could see that with him, that like he's got this great zeal and this legitimate, amazing thing has happened. But then the worst elements of the church have seized upon him mm-hmm. and that and that the and that the better parts of the church, like the church that would that could really be in a position to help encourage him and shepherd him properly through the early stages of his faith. They're the ones that are like criticizing him and and like not sure of it. Right. Like I think of I think of. I think of like the apostle Paul, you know, when, when Paul, when Saul of Tarsus had his conversion experience, he had it sort of on his own. And, um, you know, he had Ananias come and, you know, kind of walk him through what needed to happen. And then you read in the, in the, in the book of acts that the church didn't trust him and they didn't trust his conversion experience because he had been a persecutor of the church, you know, and so they didn't trust him. And when he would try to show up at churches, they would like run from him and w- or reject him because they were, you know, they just they still didn't trust that this was going to happen, or that if this was legitimate. They thought maybe it was another thing that he was doing to try to root out the Christians. Right. And it took someone like Barnabas, you know, whose name means son of encouragement to step up and to really just like vouch for him and kind of encourage him and maintain, you know, his, his, his course. And Paul himself later says that he spent three years kind of in the wilderness figuring this stuff out before he made another reemergence because the church had rejected him so strongly. Um, and then it wasn't until Barnabas and James and others vouched for him like you know, three or four years later that he, that he became who he became. Mm-hmm. And so like, it could be cool to see a similar thing happening with Kanye, but I just, you know, and I, and I, and I hope for that. I think, you know, in, in the song, I think in hands on, he asked to be prayed for. And I think it's important to pray for him, but also to pray that like just really, these really awful opportunistic elements within the Christian world don't really latch into him too much that he's sort of protected from that because I can't imagine anything worse to a new Christian with a bunch of money and a bunch of fame to then like have Joel Osteen grab a hold of you. Yeah. Right. I mean, if you want to kill any legitimacy you have. (laughs) Yeah. And you know, it's kind of funny. You said you're kind of, uh, kind of feel sorry for him because of what might be happening. You know who you want to know who I feel sorry for right now, Chuck? Justin Bieber. Oh right, because this kind of puts him on. Be... This kind of puts him on the chopping block, right? Like, because <laughs> he was supposed to be the, the the high the high profile evangelical. Yeah, yeah. Now now it's Kanye. Oh, you can't you can't compete with that. You know, and I mean, hearing these names, I just couldn't help but you know acknowledge you know that there's an interesting. I want to handle what I said. Like, it's kind of how, how interesting is it that like a white pretty boy becomes a Christian, or be, like really embraces his Christianity, and we're just sort of like, eh, okay. Yeah. Um, but a black man does, and now it's like, what? Um, what an interesting reversal of the past. But right. that also got me thinking about the response that we're getting from some quarters of the Christian world that seem pretty consistent with some of the race issues that happen within elements of Christianity, particularly the evangelical Christian world, where there's this attitude of like black Christianity is not legitimate Christianity, right? Like black evangelicalism is sort of its own thing. And it's, and it's, you know, it, it, it kind of, you know, it's less civilized, you know, there's still like that element of, of like, you know, those people and their worship and what they do over there. And, yeah, you know, just, 
I mean, yeah, just and we don't take arguments about Martin Luther King and stuff, you know. Yeah, and they just don't take it seriously, right? Like, you yeah. just don't take black Christianity as seriously in the white evangelical world, which is something that they have to come to terms with um, in the white evangelical world um, and just seem to be completely ignorant of. But I, because I think that the people who are criticizing Kanye's conversion are some of the same people who would hold those attitudes of like, you know, like the black church is the black church. It's, right. you know, it's, it's sort of, you know, until they kind of come into our world, they're not really like, like, you know, it's the th- thing I've talked about relevant magazine over the years. The biggest concern and one of the reasons why I stopped reading relevant magazine is that as I flip through issues of relevant magazine, the only black faces that you see in that magazine are poor children in Africa or like, you know, white girls on a mission trip next to them. Yeah. And they got like, some, they got some hot water over that recently, didn't they? Did they? I didn't know. I, yeah. I haven't read following oh finally i think Thank some God. people on their staff are like yeah this is like a very very white magazine and they got into a lot of trouble over it i had to do well, some more research on it um you know and that yeah and and um they got me thinking of um um there's another it'll come to me later oh yeah yeah about the babylon b we should do an episode on the babylon b <laughs> Oh man! What a what a misogynistic, transphobic, homophobic publication! If you are a Christian and you are listening to this podcast, please stop reading the Babylon Bee. Please do not let them have a platform. I am not a fan of cancel culture. Cancel the Babylon Bee. Yeah, I'm with you on that. They are like, yeah. There's just some willful ignorance. I, I did a little kind of researching in, into their whole culture and who runs the sites and stuff, and I was. I, I want to say surprised, but I was not surprised with what I found in terms of uh, a lot of a lot of phobias. Yes, on social media. Uh, well, and, yeah, and they and and they they're now apparently claiming that Snopes is trying to deplatform them. Yeah, there's like this weird war between them and Snopes, right? Well, yeah, which I don't. Th- that makes no <laughs> sense at all, right? Like one is one is like poor man's onion. The other is. The other is like a fact-checking, yeah, website. I don't. Yeah, she. We used to use that to debunk our grandparents' forwards. Right, but now, <laughs> but now, but apparently they have a they have a they have a liberal bias. JP, you can't yeah, trust them anymore. Of course, right? Yeah. Um, exactly. Because you know you paint the bullseye around the target now, and then when somebody points that out, they're like, oh no no no, <laughs> you're just you're you're willfully ignorant. But um, but anyway, yeah, no. So you know, so this isn't. I just this whole thing is just a fascinating conversation, and I and I and I. You know, I, I'm I'm so frustrated with the haters about Kanye's album because, like, I I, I feel almost like this when you, album. When you say haters, yeah, you mean just people who 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 are just like overly critical of it, or do you think people people have like sort of bad faith about his Christianity? Who do you mean by what do you mean by haters? Yes, okay. that's what I mean. <laughs> All I mean, right, people who people have bad faith about his Christianity, people who are overly critical of the album because they're like, it's not, it's not, you know, like. It's either not religious enough or it's not the right kind of religious. Like there like I, I feel a little bit like the when when the when the Ghostbusters reboot came out, right? Oh boy, here we go. There were so many people who hated that movie because of like I think the Ghostbusters reboot is a bad movie, but not for the same reason that most people on the internet who look like me and look like you think that movie's a bad movie. I think it's a poorly made movie. Mm-hmm. Like it's just it, it it is not a good movie. It has nothing to do with the gender of the cast or any any other political social anything. 
just in the technical aspect of the movie, it's not good, in my opinion. Kanye West's Jesus is King, as a complete record, not that I mean, I'm not gonna say it's bad. I don't think it's bad. Yeah. But I don't think that it's like transcendent and like the greatest thing that's ever been produced in no. terms of music. It's interesting and there are some really profound moments in the album. I mean, like I could talk I could talk on and on about the two songs Hands On and Use This Gospel. Um, um particularly I mean for no other reason than Use This Gospel features Kenny G. Oh yeah, that's actually a really good song, and he's it's it's, it's cool. It's such a weird choice, but it's actually really good. <laughs> yeah, and it has the and it has the reunion of of, of the Clips uh, rap rap duo, which right. is apparently a big deal. They're, they're, um, are they a Christian hip hop? They weren't, but now they are. Okay. They also had a conversion experience. It's kind of interesting. The best songs on the album are the ones that don't feature Kanye as prominently. Like yeah. more when he's in producer role rather than musician role, but um, but I think like I, like so like there are some there are some really great moments on the record. Um, like I said, I wish I I, I I wish that it had had a little more time to gestate creatively, mm-hmm. um, and I think it went much much stronger. I it it feels I think I told you it feels earlier I, it feels a little bit like I'm watching like the working cut. Or I'm listening to the you know to a working cut of an album, not yeah. an actually complete album. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, hey, that's uh, if you're gonna. I mean, if if you know, like you know, Kanye Kanye is gonna make something, and even his like even his like mediocre or average type stuff is better than almost anything that I would produce or anyone else would produce on their best day. So like, if this is if this amounts to sort of average for Kanye, like that's still a, to- a testament to his talent. Like it's a, it's a real it's a very interesting piece of music that I think a lot of I think people should listen to. Like it it's you know just because of what all is entailed inside of it in terms of our culture and especially as Christians is our culture. Um, but in terms of a technical you know album, I don't know that I think it's all that done. Well, what do but, you th- what is your favorite track on the album? Um, I'm, I, it's a toss up for me between hands on and use this gospel. Yeah. Um, um, you know, and I could go through and there, there are a lot that I, that I, that I, that I like. And like I said, even, even with, um, close on Sunday, I'm finding elements in it that uh, the more I listen to it, that I like it more. Um, are you sure it's not just, you know, like, you know, that, that's not just, uh, you're not just being held hostage. You know, this is not, uh, Stockholm syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's Stockholm syndrome, um, but I think because like hands on, I mean, just some of the. I was just listening to that before we started recording. Um, you know, it, 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 there's some raw honesty in that song. Um, that's the one where he says that you know, like the Christians will be the first to judge him. Yeah, and, and that's that's what's kind of been going through my head as we've been talking about his critics and stuff. I'm like, he kind of think he kind of knows what he's sort of going to be facing is that people are yeah. gonna, his biggest critics are probably going to be Christians. Yeah, uh, and that he's kind of preparing himself for it. It's kind of interesting that it's in the album. So it's like it, it's also kind of a sort of a way like, well, if I do it first, they probably won't do it, <laughs> you know, like, right? Or if they if I do it first, it won't affect me when they eventually do it. Yeah, um, and then and, um, and then I, I, what I love about use this gospel is of course like the Kenny G part, both of the you know both um, what is it um, Pusha and 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 No Malice, the two um, clips artists like their verses are really good 
Um, and just I think that that I think that one's the strongest in terms of its sound. Um, you know, the just a simple piano, and then the auto tuned. Um, right. Is that I'm trying to figure out if that's Kenny G's saxophone auto tuned playing in throughout the background, or if it's someone's voice. I don't know. But um, that's good. And then what's the one? I'm trying to remember, there's one where Kanye himself actually sings, and he like shreds his voice to sing this track, and it actually is kind of strong. Uh. Um, I'm going to pull it out. Let's see. I'm, I'm looking at my desktop over here where I have it. Um, I think it's, I think it's everything we need is the one where he just like, he himself actually sings. And because like, he doesn't have the strongest voice. Like he, he's, he's singing something that doesn't really work with his range, but that actually makes it really like emotionally raw. Mm hmm. Um, and again, like I think if, and I think the other thing too is if we if you approach this record more from the more from the what, of the emotion he's trying to convey rather than the content, like he like the like any kind of statements that you're looking for, it's stronger when you realize that this is more like a Pentecostal like outburst rather than like a, a measured a measured kind of like you know, traditional understanding of a piece of art. It's, you know, it's have, yeah. Have you watched more spontaneous his, uh, than that. Have you watched any of his Sunday service uh, performances? No, I haven't. The choir he uses are, is like really good, especially on this album. Yeah. I think some of the best parts of this album is a lot of the use of the choir. Yeah. And that's another thing I'm a little concerned about. I'm a little concerned about him having like a church service. Yeah, like, dude, you're you're too new to this to be having a church service. It feels like I think it's just like a concert, like a concert that's dressed up as a church service, which is, I mean, I guess that's most. Uh, I don't know if I'm, I'm not going to say that. <laughs> I mean, I'm t- obviously I'm I'm a very traditionalist guy, and I you yeah. know I'm, I'm well, I don't want to make enemies stuff, with other denominations that we're kind of already sort of critical of on this podcast. Is all I'm saying. Uh, hey, look, man, you can say it right. Like, <laughs> Jesus, Jesus told us to gather together and the church for 2000 years has gathered together to share a common meal, right? That's even Paul says, when you gather together, this is what you do. And, you know, we weren't really told to get together and have a rock concert with a fog machine (laughs) with like Bible study attached to the end of it. Yeah. But Chuck understands. I I understand. I, I I, I trust that you all understand as well. (laughs) Um, Um, but so what are your, I mean, I've done a lot of talking JP. What are your, how many how many times have you listened to it? I listened to it once. Oh. But I listened to a couple of songs uh repeat just to kind of hear the lyrics. Okay. Um but I just like I said I don't I just found it to be average and I I guess I don't have too much to say about it because I just not um like a big Kanye fan. Um well, that's... the music doesn't didn't it didn't really affect me that much you know i thought i saw some flourishes of what's what was sort of well done like i said the choir use and some of the songs are really really great um um you know close on sunday is a silly song i find it to be a little embarrassing frankly <laughs> um <laughs> but who knows that might become like a cult classic you know I totally could see it. I totally could see it becoming a cult classic. Yeah, I could just see like youth groups going to karaoke and singing that. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. um, it's it's the new it's the Gen, Gen Z's new dabbing. You know, like, 
Um, but uh, I, I just think overall, not really necessarily for me. I think it's interesting that it is sort of approached as more of an examination of what he's experiencing uh, through Christianity. What was a song where he talks about like yelling at his chauffeur, yelling at his dad? That's Selah. Selah. Yeah, I, I like Selah. That one kind of stuck with me. Um, that felt a bit more traditional in terms of Kanye, right? Like, yeah. Um, but says that where he says, "I'm not, I'm not, um, I'm not mean. I'm persistent." Is that what he says? I think so. Something like that. But yeah, no, that's. Yeah. yeah. So, so I think it's so like I was kind of you know I was going into it sort of thinking, okay, this is going to be you know we talk about this all the time. We even sort of joked about it earlier. Uh, you know, Christian music being sort of an alternative to what the secular things you're already into. And when you become a Christian, you get rid of the secular things and you buy the ev- evangelical alternatives. And I was afraid that was what this album was going to be, but I was really surprised. No, this is uh, this is someone just sort of genuinely reflecting on what he's experiencing and what he's learning. Um, and I think a lot of sort of the half-bakedness is probably from that, the fact that he's so new to it. Yeah. Um, and it... It um, it also mentioned it, it, a lot of people. A lot of reviewers have compared it to Bob Dylan's "Slow Train Coming," uh, which was the okay. record that Bob Dylan released after he became a born again Christian in the seventies. Ah, okay, I haven't heard and, that. And <laughs> and kind of interesting that um, in 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 and this is something worth probably discussing at some point, is that when mainstream artists become Christians, their album sales plummet. Oh, really? <laughs> Which, you know, reinforces this idea that we're, you know, a persecuted faith. Of course. Um, but in, in the States, um, you know, and I, I mean, it, it is interesting, too, that so we got Kanye becoming a Christian. But like Derek Webb, who did a little bit talking about his record, um, Derek Webb, who was um, with Cademan's Call and uh, has had a pretty legitimate um, solo career in his own, um, recently came out and said he is no longer he no longer calls himself a Christian. Um uh, Christian punk band MXPX has since said they've left the faith. You know, so many of these Christians that have gained some kind of mainstream embrace have, you know, abandoned their Christianity. And one could argue that they've done so in order to increase album sales. Hmm. Um, but here we have the, one of that one of the biggest artists in the world now claiming to be a Christian. Yeah, and I, yeah, it's just it's interesting that this is happening. You know, and of course, all the artists that I just mentioned are white. You know, and um, and so that's and that's another that's another piece that's kind of worth considering is, you know, this is all happening when the Pew when the Pew Research, you know, report comes out about church attendance and religious affiliation among millennials and Gen Z and how, you know, the numbers are down something like 40 something, 44 percent of millennials don't identify with any kind of religious tradition. Right. Um and so, you know, there's so many, so many churches are kind of, you know, they're kind of shaking in their boots. But there was an article um, in the Living Church, as an Episcopal Anglican um, publication, just this past week, that pointed out that overall, like within the Episcopal Church, for instance, those numbers are down. And they're probably true for all Christian denominations. It is, but they pointed out that they're not like when you look at the numbers in the South, mm-hmm. Arkansas, Georgia. They're actually either like stagnating, some possibly going up, um, but their or their diminishment is less than you see in the Northeast and other parts of you know or like the or like you know the Northwest, right. um, and so that those numbers are really like 
dropping. They're, they're the ones that influence the statistics. But when we're looking at the American culture, is this question of where things are shifting? Because it was uh, a couple decades, like a decade or more ago, like in the Northeast, like the numbers were different. And so, you know, the, the, the influence of a lot of these churches is actually moving south. And, you know, uh, you know, it, it, so it's kind of interesting to think, you know, how else, where else is this happening, right? Like white evangelicals within the evangelical subculture bubble that we grew up with are sort of leaving the faith. But now, you know, here's one of the largest artists in the world mm-hmm. who is a black man and he's embracing the faith. And it just makes me wonder, like, where, where, you know, is this indicative of other shifts that we're seeing happening? Right. Um, because, again, when we talk about evangelicals and we talk about all that, we tend to talk about white people. Um, and I just think I just can't help but see all this stuff, you know, kind of, you know, interrelated and happening at this, in this sort of confluence of, of events is kind of interesting to me. Yeah. Um, and that's really kind of why I want to talk about this is probably more than the music piece is also the the wider cultural piece. So like, what do you think JP about like Kanye's faith? I mean, knowing you, you know, you, you obviously you've, as you've mentioned, you didn't, you don't know much about Kanye personally coming into it, but like as like a statement of faith, like what are your thoughts on Jesus is King? It just reminds me so much of, <laughs> it kind of reminds me of when I was, my when I was twelve years old, and I went to the Acquire the Fire concert in Colorado. Acquire the Fire, and it's been was, like branded a cult, by the way. No, really? Yeah, <laughs> great. Of course, just my luck. Sorry. Um, <laughs> and it's sort of where I became a Christian. That's where I was saved. That's my. That's where my testimony begins. You guys. That, oh, sorry. Sorry to interrupt. This is, I just realized we've never done that on this show. Oh really? <laughs> We've never shared our testimonies. Actually, I, I've known you for like what, almost twenty years, and I, I this is the first time actually hearing this story. Really, I never told you I went to Acquire the Fire when I was twelve, and that's oh. how I became a Christian. No. Well, it was just um, it, it was I was twelve years old, very impressionable. Um, did the whole thing where uh, they did the it was my first altar call, and um. And the the effect it had on me, it wasn't so much organic as it was performative, where it's like I had to had to act a certain way, I had to say certain things, I had to be, you know, I was sort of trying to, I was paying closer attention to how Christians around me were talking and and, and describing things and sort of emulating that, not necessarily arriving to it uh, from my own experience. And it's sort of a overzealousness, I could say, because you're really excited about this new way of thinking, mm-hmm. you know. And I think that um, I feel like that's sort of what he's experiencing. And I think that this album is sort of a reflection of that. That sort of ex- that that sort of excitement, that high, um, where like uh, you feel like your life has completely changed and. Um, He's sort of examining how it's making him feel and what he's going through while that happens. Is it? Do I think it's genuine? I think I, I, I mean, who am I to say? You know, I, 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 right. I can't, I can't say whether or not it is. I can't, I can't say it about Kanye. I can't say it about Kanye. I can't say that about my neighbor. I can't say it about the people who go to church, right? Um, so I don't know. Um, but 
how do I feel about it overall? I mean, that's how I feel as it relates to the album. Um, I guess, I don't know. Just it could happen to anybody. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 our culture. It's American culture, you know, uh, Western yeah. society and Christianity. Christianity dominates Western society as much as Fox News doesn't want you to believe that. They think the Muslims are taking over. They're not. Uh, the Christians won. It's it's kind of kind of inevitable, I guess. Um, I'm actually kind of surprised that, like I said, I don't know Kanye. I'm actually kind of surprised that this isn't like already happened with him you know what i mean that he's not already sort of proclaimed as being sort of a christian before in the past and stuff um i guess which, well yeah i was say which i mean you brought up that and i remember in the early 2000s when when college dropout came out and jesus walks was oh, all over yeah, the radio a, relevant was jesus like walks which yeah yeah relevant magazine was doing this whole thing about kanye as a christian rapper yeah anyway sorry so, go ahead but, but but i think it's also sort of the timing of sort of this it, it's not so much him becoming a Christian, and it's also like the, the the timing of it happening a year after, like he wore the MAGA hat, you know, mm-hmm. he met Donald Trump, and so like you, you, it's it's at that point you're creating a narrative, right? You know, um, is he going to the other side? <laughs> is that that I think that's sort of uh, the uh, the sensationalism surrounding it, you know? Right? Is and is and is it is it one of these things where the faith kind of came as a result of him going that direction because exactly. that's just sort of part of all the things you have to do in order to precisely. Yeah. Which would be fascinating to find out if it, if, if, if like the Lord uses that as like a subversion technique, right? Like, yeah. all right, so there he is, he's hanging out wearing the MAGA hat and he's hanging out with Trump and this gets him introduced to Christianity. And then he reads like Matthew 25 where it talks about like, unless you give to, you know, like, how you treat others is how you treat me. And suddenly Kanye then like has this huge 180 becomes like this like incredible, you know, this incredible like prophet, you know, changes the course of the culture, gets Christians to, you know, stop being, you know, like it would be, it would be pretty amazing actually. And you know, people were saying that when he wore the MAGA hat, that he was going to do that. Something like something similar that it was just Mm -hmm. like a setup. Where it's like he's going to get in with with the right with with the Trump supporters, right, with the Trump clan, and then he's going to have a big concert where he's going to be like just flip them all off, like while he, while their guards are down, you know. Um, but uh, I'm actually kind of more interested in um, the future because this feels more like a fork in the road to me. Um. Like it could either, like this could either just be what we see in this album is like is is the new Kanye West, um, you know, Christian focused albums and 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 music, or it could be like the end, you know, right. because he has such a successful year in 2018 producing, right. Um, I mean, I think it was like two. It was like the the Kid Cudi album that apparently everybody loved that he all produced. And there was another album that he produced. Um, was it Tia? Oh, I'm so old. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. I don't know these people. <laughs> um, I'm acting like I know. Yeah, Kid Cudi. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Cudi. I don't know. <laughs> See, I don't know. <laughs> you know what? Ty Dolla Sign. 
Um, so I, I think I think I'm I'm much more interested in seeing what happens next, and like you said, the future. There's how it's going to, the fact that this is happening in this point in time now, where there's so much change going on, there's so much restructuring going on, and sort of social politics and actual politics and millennials and their relationship with the church. This is, I, th- I think this could either really influence everything and kind of really be part of the changing the tide or nothing happens. And this is the end of Kanye West's uh, career as a, yeah. as a performer. Yeah. It, it will be, it will be interesting. Like I said, it'll be interesting to see what happens. And I, yeah. And I think you're right. Sorry, I was I was looking up some stuff trying to figure out what his what the pastor's name is who who was there and um you know his, by the way just reading through the Wikipedia article about his conversion experience really quick it made me realize it's kind of an interesting thing because you know we like to there's sort of this American myth of you know the dramatic instant karma kind of conversion experience but his seems to be more organic and and and, and conventional the way it really seems to work is that like he started really he said he started really thinking about Jesus again after recording with Chance the Rapper. And then, um, and then started, um, and then after that started, you know, having these, you know, you know, then he had this dramatic conversion experience after like reading the Bible and stuff. But, um, um, yeah, well, in talking about, you know, talking about his success, what's also interesting is he's, he's apparently now going back and rewriting his previous tracks to remove swearing and, Really? other objectionable things from it yeah oh man so okay. he's yeah oh. which i mean you, you gotta admit right it's gotta be i mean so like you're if you're a, if you become a born-again christian but you still got to make a living right like and your living is to you know go out on concerts and perform these songs that people have you know loved but like they don't reflect who you are and your values currently i mean you know um but it is also Kind of has a bit of a George Lucas element to it. Yeah. Oh, geez, that never works out. I, I, that's really weird. Yeah. Um, and there's also a, there's a there's a is it it's called like New Body or This Body or something like that. There's this track that it was like people were really looking forward to because it was him with Nicki Minaj that he was recording for Yandi, and then he decided to try to rework it as a song about baptism huh. and like being born again. And Nicki Minaj is just like I, I'm not doing that. Because <laughs> I've there, there's a leaked version of it out there, and I've seen the and I've seen the lyrics, and yeah, it's not um, <laughs> it's 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 not a song about baptism, wow. and uh, as as Nicki uh, Nicki Nicki Minaj had put it on there, and um, it's actually quite vulgar. Um, so that's also going to be you know that's going to be an interesting an interesting thing to do. I, it almost makes me wonder if like Kanye would be better off pulling like a Prince. And like changing his name and sort of restarting his career, you know, and uh, under this new persona and just sort of letting the other thing go. Right. Um, but yeah, you know, we'll see. I think a lot of people, though, are anticipating that like in a year or two, he's just going to come back as as ye and just like be raunchy and all that stuff again. Do you think that and maybe I, like. Maybe the reason why it's not, it's not necessarily, uh, like, I kind of see it as average. I know you really like it, but do you think that maybe it's not like, it's not getting those high levels because he's kind of going into territory that's sort of proven to be like, if you go into this territory, 
your quality will actually diminish considerably. <laughs> you know, like maybe he's trying to figure out like how to make a Christian album actually work. You know what I mean? Like even though I know, I know, I know that there are, are Christian bands or Christian albums that you really like and that people will really like, but it's like kind of for the most part, you know, there's this sort of acceptance that for the most part, Christian media is not that good. Right. It's, it is few and far between where you encounter Christian artists that seem to be that they're trying to pave new ground musically instead yeah. of just retreading what's already popular on the radio and was popular like a year or two before. Right. Um, that's That's been Christianity's MO, Christian music's MO. I mean, I think like, I mean, let's be honest, DC Talks Jesus Freak, fairly, <laughs> fairly forward thinking, right? Because yeah. there weren't too many, there wasn't like a grunge alternative combined with rap genre floating around that they were trying to chase they actually i think produced something that was of their own but yeah for the most part it is sort of it is sort of kind of rough around the edges yeah and and it's always it, it's sort of the rose art yeah uh you know what i mean by you know what i mean by that <laughs> Do you it's mean... the rose art version of 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 what's out there you know because there's a meme that's like how I know my parents didn't love me. And it just shows the Rose art logo. Um, you know, cause like Rose art is sort of the poor alternative to like Crayola. Yeah. Yeah. In yeah. terms of crayons and things. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Um, art it's... supplies. And so, yeah, so Christian, Christian music kind of has that, <laughs> that Rose art quality. It's like, it's just as good. Right. Like it's just, a, that's how you would, that's how you would like convince your friends. Right. Like, yeah. Oh, I know it's, it makes, you know, like, like, you know, I was gonna say MXPX is just as good as Green Day, but I think MXPX is great like on their own. But like, you know, but to be like, you know, like Petra, like they're just as good as Petra's just as good as the hair striper. Yeah. They're they're just as good as as Kiss. Um, <laughs> so I, um, jeez, yeah, it's kind of interesting though, though, that people are comparing Jesus King to other songs on Kanye's, you know, other styles from Kanye's back catalog is that Kanye basically doing like he, he actually made a very Christian album and that it sounds like other people's music. Yeah. <laughs> it just happens to be that other person is himself. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm talking and so about. There's, like, and there's a meta and there's a meta level to that. It's like, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Like maybe part of this sort of the, it's feels a little rough because it's like, how do I stay an artist, but also pursue this genre that is, kind of notoriously more market-driven than anything. Um, right. That's more pandering. It can be very pandering. It's it's a, it's like, you know, a hip-hop artist trying to wade, in, wade, kind of wade into a country, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. Lil Nas X, is that what you're talking about? <laughs> and that took how many years to accomplish? Come on. Um, But uh, I wonder what Rob Bell thinks. Let's ask him. We should we should have Rob. We should, how funny would it be if suddenly Rob Bell were just on? Like we were just like we can't get call Matt, him. but we, we can just, get Rob. We just we call him and he just answers and we're like, hey, since we have you, Rob, what are your thoughts on Jesus is King? <laughs> so the line in "Follow God" that I really like, yeah, and will probably show up in my Sunday sermon. It's the same one that showed up in my in my chapel talk on Wednesday. Is the one where it says he was talking to his dad and he tells him that it ain't like Christ, but nobody never tell you when you're being like Christ. Right. Which I really like that. It ain't Christ like, but nobody never tell you when you're being like Christ because that's true, yeah. right? In our culture, we're so quick to tell everybody where they're wrong, right. but we don't we don't then emphasize, hey, here's a really good thing. Like 
you know, I follow this um, this fairly popular Instagram account called Cl- um, Climb Meme Change, and it's a climate change thing that uses memes to talk about it. But it has that very like sort of like dog in a room on fire. This is fine. Yeah. Quality to it, you know, it's just sort of like laugh to keep from crying notion to it. But it's like it's so quick to point out like what's so awful in the world. Like where where are you where are you then being like, hey, here's this awesome thing that's happening, you know, in terms of climate change. Why are we only only highlighting where things are awful? Because mm-hmm. like, I don't know, Chuck Palahniuk talks about um, this study where they show where they where they've shown um, various uh, groups of people different photos of of like teeth like so like they show like photos of like fine teeth they show people with like sort of like moderate tooth issues in terms of cleanliness and then they show people with like like photos with like the worst like teeth like just awful like you know whatever and they track like how that how that influenced they tracked how that influenced people's oral hygiene and they found that the first two groups like they saw good teeth and they, you know, they kind of improved their oral hygiene. The ones you saw that, you know, they, they, they kind of also whatever, but the people that were shown like egregiously like awful images, they just gave up Hmm. because it, it just, it it sort of put it in front of them that the task was too daunting and there was just sort of nothing to like. And so like, I wonder about that kind of stuff in our culture. And so like the fact that Kanye pointed that out, you know, quick to tell, you know, nobody never tell you when you're being like Christ like we really should be better about that. Maybe Christians should take yeah. that, take a page from that, and be better about saying like, "Hey, here's where somebody is doing the work of Jesus." Well, you know, we're, he hasn't been selected yeah. to be on the missions planning team, so he hasn't. Uh, That's true. Once that happens, he'll be hearing that a lot. That he's, he's being Christ-like. How many? How many? How many Christian universities do you think are trying to get him to come now? <laughs> how many Christian universities do you think he's applying to right now? None, because he's a genius. Um, <laughs> you think he'll go to Regent? Do you think PBA is going to try to get him? <laughs> no. Um, I highly doubt it. I, no. Okay. All right. Well, uh, I think that's a good place to to end, don't you? Yes, I, I do. Um, and JP, remember, you know, you're my you're, you're my number one mm-hmm. with a lemonade. Yeah, I'll get off. I'll get off the gram for you. <laughs> speaking of gram uh, 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 like us on instagram yes uh, under master even though divinity. we even though we're not supposed to like likes no we don't like likes uh we want them but we don't like them uh follow us on facebook on twitter twitter's not very active these days uh like and subscribe ring that bell to get notifications of new episodes and uh, L- listen to Jesus is King and share your thoughts. Yes, please. We're actually we were interested in your thoughts. We'd like to know what you think. Uh, it's it's yeah. you know what it might seem daunting to the olds out there who listen to us, uh, but man, it's breezy. You can get through it easily. It's it's uh, twenty seven minutes, yeah. and a lot of your shows haven't even a lot of your shows haven't even come back on yet. You know, <laughs> and so you could just you know you could just you know yeah. Pop, pop. Pop it on for twenty seven, and you know what? Like, who knows? You might, you might just discover you have. A, there's a whole new genre of music that you you are now into. It's it's two Ramones albums long. 
It's not very long. <laughs> um, but it's, uh, yeah, go out and listen to it. Let us know what you think. Uh, and, um, yeah, do that. Uh, Chuck, how was your Halloween, by the way? Um, I, so I, I live on a private school campus and it was since Halloween was Thursday, Thursday is my, is my res life duty night. So, um, I didn't do much for Halloween. I, I sat in a study hall, yeah. um, and I, I, I sat with people as they handed out candy cause they do trick or treating here on the campus, which is kind of fun with the little kids here. So I got to see my boys in their pirate outfits do their trick or treating. But during the school day, they come to school in costumes and they do like a big parade with the little kids. And I got to see all the high school students and all their various costumes. Um, but it's also of course a fraught time because, you know, you know, certain people's culture is not your costume. And so there's a lot of anxiety around all of that right now. Yeah. (laughs) Um, so, um, so yeah, but, um, you know, you, 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 you try to see some creative stuff. I was really impressed with two students in the high school, um, one who dressed like a priest and another who dressed like the Pope. And I, I, I had them both give me blessings. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Uh, did you see the, the photo of Matt and his kids? That he, I, I love that he climbed up like, yeah, he was Spider-Man. <laughs> it, Miles Morales Spider-Man was a Bond and Bella was Spider-Gwen, which was just wonderful. Adorable. It's amazing. What's really funny is like I look at that photo and the first thing that occurred to me is like Bond was like, can I get up on the ledge too? <laughs> and there was See, probably five minutes of no Bond. You can't get up the ledge with daddy. Only daddy could get up the ledge. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I have to say, you know, Matt, because of his like police training and stuff like Matt has the physique that he could wear that Spider-Man costume. <laughs> like I would be, I would be spider ham. <laughs> I would too. I, I would be, uh, just Alfred Molina in a Spider-Man costume. <laughs> You're supposed to be Dr. Octopus, not Spider-Man JP. Oh, oh. <clears throat> we joke. We like jokes. We um, do. well, cool. How well, was your Halloween? Uh, fairly uneventful. Um, I, mean, I don't it's know. Like, it's, like, it's like your favorite day of the year. I know. It's my favorite day of the year. It's my favorite season of the year. This year was hard to get into because I've just been really stressed and really kind of working on that uh, on that loud, as that kids call it. I don't know why it's called loud now. I don't know. Oh, it's, a, it's, a, it's not bread anymore? It's a what? It's not bread anymore? I haven't heard of bread it's before. It's loud? I've, you I ever heard know. like, no. go get that bread? No. <laughs> You've never heard that phrase? Never. Oh, I think it passed you by because now it's loud. Nah, smoking that loud. I'm not. I'm not smoking that loud. No, I'm not. I we don't. I don't use. Just grow it. I'm just here for. Oh the wait. Money. Okay. Oh, so loud is a phrase for the crop you grow. I guess so. I, I know. I just thought it was another word for weed. I, I saw it on the. That's on what I'm talking about. Yeah. yeah. Uh, bread. Okay. So bread. Bread refers to like your money, like going out and making money oh, every day, like oh. bread. No. 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 Uh, no. It's 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 just been a, it's been a stressful month because our, our our plants are flowering and that's a big deal. Uh, and uh, just haven't really been able to get into it. I, I watched Tales from the Crypt Demon Knight last night. Yep, yep. I saw you post about that on the on the on the social media, starring Billy Zane himself uh, oh. and William Sadler, who played uh, Terrace in Die Hard Two and the President in Iron Man Three, and also the Grim Reaper in Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. Um, and Jada Pinkett Smith, one of her early roles. Um, and I, I I watched this interesting documentary. I need to finish it about. Um, the history of haunted houses and uh, haunted mazes and stuff, which I don't know if you knew this, Chuck. Uh, do you know why they were sort of brought into existence in the U- in the United States? I, I don't. Quick history lesson. 
This is the epilogue to this whole episode. Sorry, it has nothing to do with Kanye West. But I, I have to share this because it's, it's really interesting. In the 1930s, during the Depression, Halloween was a time for, like, really horrible pranks. Like, right. I don't even call them pranks. Like, it, it, was, it, was, it was vandalism. Like, people were... It was mostly boys. Boys sawing down, like, telephone poles and tipping over cars and, like, lighting buildings on fire. People were actually using, like, dynamite and stuff. Like, it was awful. And I think it was Illinois uh, and their Chamber of Commerce who tried to come up with an event on Halloween to sort of get the kids off the streets into a safe place. And so they came up with the idea of, like, a haunted house. And it's like they tried to make it, like, as scary and as gory as possible to kind of scratch that itch. And that's sort of where that that tradition came from. Also, like, Halloween parades, dressing up in costumes, all that kind of stuff was sort of a way to deter people from the violence and try to get them more active in the community and, and safer. So I thought that was interesting. Right. And you said it was like campus, basically like the precursor to Campus Crusade, right? That that did this? I don't think it was Campus Crusade for Christ. It was uh, Campus Life. I don't know. Is is Campus Life? Yeah. I I don't know, but close enough. But yeah, there was some, because because these haunted houses and these parades were put on by chambers of, uh, like, you know, Chamber of Commerce, they're called the JC, the Junior Chamber of Commerce. Uh, These are sort of organizations that were very community focused. Uh, Churches got involved. And so some of the early uh, haunted houses from the 1970s were put on by, like, these uh, Christian organizations like uh, Youth for Christ and uh, Campus Life. And, you know, <laughs> and, and these weren't, like, judgment houses or hell houses. These were the real deals, like evil clowns and slashers and zombies and stuff. So it's it's kind of an interesting uh, evolution. But but hell houses and judgment houses did exist back then. There were, okay. there were, st- there were still people doing that sort of adjacent to that. But, uh, yeah, that... There were Christians putting on haunted churches, putting on haunted houses back in the 70s. Fascinating. Fascinating. I know. It's great. There's this really great book that I really want to read called Trick or Treat. And it's the history of Halloween, uh, like American Halloween tradition. And we all kind of assume it's all rooted in sort of the pagan uh, rituals and stuff. But it's like there's there's not, not exactly. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> there's more of there's a more recent stuff that's been having that sort of influence with how we celebrate it today. Yeah, it has a very, Halloween has a very interesting um, history. I, I, I often talk about it in chapel services and stuff when, when All Saints Day comes around. Because, oh, by the way, we're, as we're recording, happy All Saints Day. Yeah. Um, but... Um, and if you're Mexican, dia, happy Dia de los, de los Muertos. Muertos, yes. Um, the, um, but no, like, um, the Canon to the Ordinary, one of the members of the bishop's staff, I was on the phone with him the other day, and he's English. And he was saying, you know, like, oh, yes, Father, this is all, you know, I'm not going to try to do a terrible impersonation of John Tidy. Anyway, he um, he was saying that it's, um, you know, it's new to him because they don't have this in England. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, we sort of assume it's an it's a universal thing. It is not. It's very American. It is. It, but weirdly, it's also quite popular in Japan. I understand now. Oh, really? That like we sort of exported like we've exported it and like and like. Xmas. That's my term for capitalistic Christmas. <laughs> yeah. Um, we've exported that over to over to Japan. That's interesting. Huh. Yeah. Cool. But um, yeah, no, that's that. I, if you read that book, that w- I'd, be, I'd be curious to learn more. I would too. I want to share of your knowledge with us. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely want to learn more about sort of American Halloween and not this. I mean, I know there's like a lot of stuff that's sort of rooted in pagan ritual and stuff, but it's not. 
it's not so direct. You know, a lot of it comes from just sort of like the Depression era and communities trying to like come together and trying to sort of deal with all the horrible things happening in the world, you know? Yeah. So uh, I thought that was very interesting. And cool. uh, yeah. So uh, anyway, that's all the time we have. Thank you so much for listening. Join us again next time. Have a wonderful week. Good journey. Good journey. Chick fil A.